Good day, everybody, and welcome to the Vittles and Vitals podcast, where we talk about important stuff and how that stuff connects to food, because everything connects to food. I'm Jay Reed, and I'm the father. I'm Jake Reed, the son, and we're your host. Warning, the message you are about to hear is given to you by people who only occasionally eat healthy and mostly eat unhealthy. We are not medical doctors, and none of the what we say should be taken as medical advice. Please. Listen with caution. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a lot of truth in that. I have some health care in my background and my front ground, I guess, as well. But uh, we are going to talk today about things related to health. And this is, you know, if, if we should so inspire anyone to make some changes in, in what you, in your health habits, then please talk to your doctor first. I or, only occasionally work out more than my father. That is about the extent of my uh, my health knowledge. I do I do a little bit more exercise. I am so far from a doctor; it is not even funny. But yeah, I've been told play one on TV. I sh- I have been told that I should get my doctorate of philosophy. So that's a doctor, right? Yeah, different kind, but yeah, yeah. So anyway, what? Um, just uh, as we're coming into the holiday season, at least as we record, coming in, we're about oh seven days from six days from wedded bliss. Am I right? As of this recording, yes. As of posting of this episode, it will be it will post. Be it will be post. I will be married for like two days. Blip. Two days by that point. All right. So yeah. So by the time this reaches your ears out there in podcast land then uh, Jacob will be happily married. And so that kind of actually relates to what we're talking about because we're coming into the holiday season. You've got a wedding, which involves rehearsal dinner, which involves uh, wedding reception. It involves family being here and having to go out to eat or not having to, getting to, whatever. It, it always ends up being that way, eating the leftovers from the various dinners. We're eating out um, when I'm there? It, yes. Huh? I said, we're eating out while I'm there. Yes. Well, I probably so. Because <laughs> right now we're eating our way through the freezer in preparation for next week. But um, then we got the week after that, we got Thanksgiving and we'll probably have two Thanksgivings. You'll be on your honeymoon and eating whatever you find. Who knows? And um, we'll be eating Thanksgiving on Monday with at least a portion of the family and Thanksgiving on Thursday with a maybe a different or an overlapped portion of the family. So we're, we'll, of course, and then starts the Christmas parties. And when people like it at the pharmacy where I work, or a lot of times people will start, that's the time of year when people bring, you know, trays of cookies, brownies, that sort of cupcakes, that sort of thing on, on the regular, we get them through the year. Sometimes, especially with COVID, we've got some nice things. People been nice, but um, during the holidays, those, that stuff really shows up. And so we're entering that season and we've already kind of talked in last, in our last podcast season about our favorite Christmas stuff and Thanksgiving stuff and that sort of thing. So I thought, you know, if we're coming into this, there's probably two different groups of people. Um, one group, now, of course, when you start labeling people, it gets dicey, but we're going to do it anyway. Um, 
Yeah, there's one group that just, you know, we, they don't care. You know, either they're the marathon runner or the person with the unusually high metabolism that, you know, they can eat their way through the Christmas season. No big deal. I am not that person. Neither uh, am I, because I got your some, genes. Yeah. So some of them, some other folks in that same category, just, you know, they're content and don't care. It doesn't matter. So they're going to eat what they want to. And, and so be it. Well, then there's other group, which I am in this year where I'm, you know, well into a quote unquote diet and actually it's working. And I'm looking at the next six weeks and thinking, how do I navigate this without totally screwing up everything I've done in the last <laughs> six months? But you're not technically on a diet per se. It's more of like a, I wouldn't even call it structured eating plan. It's just more of a moderation thing, right? Well, that's a, that's another another thing to consider is is you know what's the terminology here because the word diet has a lot of baggage, does it not? It really does. I know that you know most of the time when you're saying I'm on a diet or somebody has a book that's a diet, it's usually just like talking about restricting foods or you know you're you're only going to eat certain type of things and you know a lot of them are like, we're going to have no carbs or we're going to have all the carbs, no fats, or <laughs> we're going to have only fats. For those at home, I'm making like big X's to just represent yep. how like serious and like people like religiously follow some of these things. Like, you know, they make the biggest deal that they're on this diet or this diet. And it just kind of seems like a lot of fads to me. But I think you have more terminology uh, for us just so we have a better understanding. So what do you got, dad? Well, just the word diet. I mean, you think about in in more generic terms, like if you talk about, you know, the diet of a, let's just say I'm just picking this kind of out of the air, like a, the diet of a Japanese man who is living in Japan is different than the diet of your typical American living in America. And that just has to do with locale. It has to do with custom. It has to do with all kinds of cultural things. So that's one you know, one way to look at diet, you know, you, the diet, I mean, if you take it even to a further extreme, you know, the diet of a human versus the diet of a, um, cow, you mm -hmm. know, we're, we're not eating grass so much. Uh, it's a different diet. The diet of a lion is different than the diet of a koala bear. Um, so that's, that's one sort of meaning of the word. The other meaning, which was probably more on our radar is, you know, some sort of plan, um, that, would lead to weight loss plan for mm -hmm. eating like you said either more of something less of something um to you know eventually end up with a a lower weight so that's kind of what we're we're talking about and diets are i mean and they've been around a while um and they constitute a lot of our economy so i, I found this you know, if you look at um let me just read some names here because this is it gets kind of crazy. This is just the tip of the iceberg, so to speak. Hit me with it. Keto, you got your paleo, you got your whole 30, you got your sugar buster, your Atkins, your South Beach, your Mediterranean, your FODMAP or your low FODMAP, flexitarian, your Weight Watchers, Dash, raw food, intermittent fasting, grapefruit, cabbage soup, blood type, Jenny Craig, Nutrisystem, Slim Fast, Subway, all sorts of cleanses, liquid hmm. diet even amphetamines okay, uh, and in noom which is one of the apps did you was there raw and fruititarian on that one because that's a that's I didn't another one 
weird. I'm not sure if that's real, if that's from. Uh, no, I watched a video movie. on it. Those guys are kind of weird. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it's like 100% fruit based. And I'm like, no way that's healthy for you in any, any sort of the word. Well, that's, that's the thing. I, I looked at some, cause I know that people have done ridiculous things over the years. And so I found this list is on uh, littlethings.com of old diets. And one was smoke more. <laughs> So, obviously, that would it be makes something you, that would, Isn't it like when you're smoking, it like suppresses your appetite or something like that? Right. So, it actually does in the sense of that little appetite suppression. Um, you do see people who quit smoking and have, have to find something else to do to keep their mouth busy so they don't, you know, automatically lose weight. I mean, gain weight. But, um, but yeah, that's, that's one you would, I, we don't recommend. There was the eat meat nonstop diet. That was uh, from back in the 30s. Um, eat only beans. So, you know, that has its pros and cons. Uh, this is also from the late 30s. It, it says, in the late 30s, a product called bile beans <laughs> claimed they would make you skinnier. They were essentially laxatives. Um, hey. Yeah, fun. Well, that, that would work, but it's dangerous. Um, Mid-40s included a diet that included... Uh, Two helpings of ice cream a day. I like the sound of that one. One was binge on sugar. And the idea here, I'm reading this advertisement. It says, uh, you know, appetite doesn't always know when to stop. But sugar helps put a break on appetite. Hmm. Satisfies appetite fast with few calories. Well. Here's a, here's a fun one for you. In 1727, there was a guy named Thomas Short who made the observation that fat people live near swamps. So... <laughs> He used cause and effect to decide that his only weight loss tip was move away from the swamp. That was the whole diet right there. Well, that's not quite as extreme as ingest a tapeworm, which uh, is illegal here. But in the 50s, an opera singer lost 65 pounds and it became popular to, for women to swallow pills full of tapeworms to eat their food for them. Of course, that was not safe. We're definitely not recommending that. The sexy pineapple diet, um, to eat pineapple all day. I'm not sure what the sexy part was involved. That was in the mid seventies. Drink a lot of milk. Don't know why that was probably, yeah, that's, it was, per, uh, it was, uh, popularized by the dairy farmers. Um, the cookie diet, which actually was like eating a healthy cookie, um, every couple hours. So that, that had some merit in only in the sense that it wasn't just, you know, your basic chocolate chip cookies it had some oats in it or something um put steak on your peanut butter sandwich that was some sort of idea from elizabeth taylor and then there's the grapefruit has been around a while supposedly i think this has been proven not to be true but supposedly there was an enzyme in grapefruits that helped burn fat but i think that turned out to be bunk it was more just if you're eating that grapefruit low in calorie then it was just filling you up. Did you see the Hallelujah diet? I did not. All right. The Hallelujah diet advocates eating mainly the raw food and vegetables that are mentioned in the Bible to cleanse your body from toxins. Oh, I have heard of that. There's another biblical diet called the Daniel diet, I think, that I have some friends who have done that. Well, that's just um, veggies and water, right? That's essentially like vegan. I think it's pretty much like a, just straight up vegan. It may be. I'm more, you know, the, uh, what was the other, the other group, you know, the 
rich wine and rich foods, I think that would be more mm-hmm. fun. I will say, I think part of the reason why the Daniel diet worked so well for Daniel is because, you know, God was on his side. That probably helped a little bit. <laughs> well, the thing, you know, one thing that we've done here on this podcast is look at and when we talk about why it's vital. You know, we've kind of looked at the numbers and uh, I looked to see this is this is a crazy statistic, but to make a comparison, supposedly this year's presidential election and all the congressional that goes with it, about 14 billion with a B dollars was spent on the election. So big chunk of that, cash. That seemed a lot. Um, what made it seem like even more is that it's like double what was spent in the four years ago in the last presidential election. Awesome. So they spent, they spent enough, they spent the same amount on the presidential part this year as they did on the whole election four years ago, which was, you know, but mind-boggling about that number 14 billion. And then I ran across a couple of stats and of course the stats are, they, they vary widely. Uh, we're not doctors, nor are we statisticians. Um, but this said one one website said Americans spend thirty three billion oof a year on weight loss products of some kind. That seems about right. Forty five million Americans go on a diet of some sort every year. And the statistics here were different. It said twenty to twenty four percent of American men, thirty three to forty percent of American women are actively dieting. And then just below that in the same article, it said fifty fifty seven percent of U.S. women are now dieting according to a telephone survey. So, wow. I don't know where, and if you think about what we see on social media, I mean, we're bouncing back and forth between awesome food picks and those fitness picks that you're apparently making as we record. And this is my thing. Everybody who posts like those, like, food picks somehow looked like they could be taking fitness picks at the same time. Like, there's, there. Are you talking about me? Thanks. I'm no, I'm talking about the ones that actually have followers, Dad. <laughs> I'm telling Dad, you, not nice. I'm sorry. Boom, roasted. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I think it's you know, looking at social media, you have these people. Since we're kind of going with those fitness pictures, I mean, you see so many people who have fitness, like have built entire empires around fitness social media. And, you know, they're a dime a dozen and they're all getting like hundreds of thousands of followers. And like they're making a ton of money off of this. Mm-hmm. But I mean, these are the people that have made it their entire career to be sculpted essentially in this one particular way. And it's like they have the time and money to do things because of their career that most Americans can't do. Yeah. And that's true. And, Despite the billions of dollars spent, one another stat I saw was that like two thirds of Americans are still either overweight or obese. So, mm-hmm. so I mean, there is something I, I'm very sensitive to. Like, I follow uh, someone who, on, um, I mean, I've kind of heard her story, and I follow her on on Instagram, and she is she's a baker, but she has you know struggles with an eating disorder, hmm. and so I'm very sensitive to that. I mean, that's that's kind of where I just in, in listening to her story, um, got my sort of picture of this whole diet terminology and diet culture and how we, you know, we're looking at those fitness pictures and saying, well, that is, that is, uh, 
that's perfection and that's what I should shoot for. But have you ever noticed some of those pictures, you know, they'll show some of them who are really honest will say, well, this is the same picture on the same person, same day, same outfit. And a lot of it has to do with how you stand and mm -hmm. how you're kind of holding it in or whatever. It's, it's interesting, but. And I, I will fully throw out, I have like major respect for the fitness gurus who are like, who are like that, you know, that they're actually in the business to, you know, make people make, you know, not massive changes, but like small incremental changes to be healthier. It's the ones that, you know, you can tell are posing and only care about, you know, the clout. Uh, I don't want to say clout. Um, this is that come with the fame and fortune because they look a certain way that, you know, is the tough ones to swallow. But there are some people out there doing some really great stuff. Yeah. And, I, and as you think about all these names that I read out earlier, not, not the old ones, uh, not the smoking and the the ice cream, but you know, keto, paleo, whole 30, all these things. I've tried several of these and I have found this is kind of the conclusion that I've come to is that I even tried the blood type diet one time and I, you know, it was, it's kind of crazy, but that sounds um, terrifying. Well, it, 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 what it came down to was low carb. So if you look at keto, paleo, Atkins, South beach, I mean, a lot of these still kind of come down to uh, a low carb idea and part of that i mean you can you can have one camp that'll say well you know we need carbs to survive well the same you know we had the same thing you know a decade or two ago where everything was low fat and you know we need fat to survive too it's good for our brains we have to have it cholesterol as well so it kind of comes down to balance you know if you like you have already indicated if you go to one extreme or the other it just ends up you know causing problems and and really i mean i'm here, I'm a bit careful not to give advice, but, um, you know, there are things that are, that are, you know, they vary from person to person, you know, my, and that's what I was thought was fascinating about the, the blood type diet was because you had four different blood types or have whatever. And if you ate different things, I mean, foods affect different people, different ways. Um, so there are people who need to, to eat less carbs than others because of maybe some sort of disease. Um, mm -hmm. I've watched and read things about keto in particular that, you know, that show how it can help with, you know, certain conditions uh, specifically, but we don't all have those conditions. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm not blasting anything. I would never say, um, you know, you shouldn't do this or shouldn't do that. Um, ultimately it's just about, you know, your, your body and your health. Mm -hmm. The important thing I think is, is that, that you take charge, you take charge of your health yourself. Yeah. No, that's definitely and, a big thing. It's a, it's a lot of self-discipline. I mean, you know, just even with like my personal journey, like dropping the 70 pounds, like I had to make some, make some choices that, you know, I didn't like at the time, but like, I just wanted to be healthier and feel better. And like, I'm in a good spot. Like I'm mm -hmm. still like walking through some stuff with that, you know, just being self-conscious about a lot of things but I mean, you know, it's all about small changes, you know? So you've probably in the, in the course of that, I know you and I have talked about it to some degree, you've probably learned some things along the way, like, you know, how look back to what, what you were eating and, uh, and how you're eating as a freshman in college versus now. Can you think yeah. of a couple of things that you've like changed, made major changes or learned? Oh yeah, no, for sure. Uh, I gained the freshman 40, give or take, maybe a little bit more. 
I gained a lot of weight my freshman year, and it was because of the all-you-can-eat meal plan at Mississippi State. It was good (laughs) for the time being, but when you have unlimited access to pizza, and you can like pound back four or five slices of pizza every day, it's going to go up. And I mean, like I wasn't working out of any sort. Um, So that was the big thing. Uh, It was just a lot of really high-carb, high-fat foods, really processed um a lot of cheese and stuff like that and you know you're over there when i was there like saying oh you get a salad every once in a while get a salad and it was just i got a salad it was covered in cheese bacon and ranch um (laughs) that's that's exactly yeah but when i was trying to make the the life choices and making the switch it i mean i moved to a lot of like whole meats so a lot of chicken a lot of pork steaks uh the occasional beef um, and then moved to more sweet potatoes and a lot of broccoli. I'm a big broccoli guy. I still eat broccoli to this day. Uh, one of my favorite uh, meals right now, just relatively healthy. I wouldn't say it's like the healthiest thing ever, but you get like a like a smoked sausage, chop that up, uh, potatoes and broccoli. It's good. It's filling. They do um, that like on a sheet pan or in the skillet? Yeah, it's just a sheet pan, um, olive oil. That was a huge one for me. I moved away from a lot of other cooking fats and pretty much only use olive oil. So I prefer it now for most things. Yeah. Let me jump in there on the broccoli thing, because I know that like your sister used to eat broccoli. That was one of the few vegetables she would eat, but it was only, I mean, she still kind of eats only the, the leaves and not the stems or whatever of the, of the little broccoli tree. I like to feel but, like a giant, but it's, we have started roasting it almost exclusively. Whereas it used to be, we would boil it. Or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, um, you know, mush it down to, to good Southern, um, mush blandness. Um, but gosh, we have started roasting it and it's kind of a game changer form. It is a game changer. I mean, we had it last night. Usually I'll use like garlic salt or lemon pepper, sometimes both and just a little olive oil or whatever. Um, last night I did it with sesame oil and some teriyaki flavored coconut aminos, which I learned through whole 30, um, but basically teriyaki sauce and, and toasted uh, sesame oil. And, you know, same same little char that you get from roasting it, but it's just a different flavor. And you can do all kinds of things playing with it. So anyway, mm-hmm. go ahead. Another really big thing for me um, was when I was trying to add, you know, just more filling foods. Like eggs became a really big thing for me. I love eggs. And I thought I would get tired of them, but I, I can eat them just about every morning. And I, and- I eat them multiple times a week but the big thing that i've learned is that hot sauce can really add a lot of something to even you know if you make something that's a little bit more healthy and like you mess up and it's a little bit more bland like hot sauce can cover a multitude of wrongs and if you get the right types of hot sauces they're practically zero calories because peppers don't have a ton of calories you're not putting a ton on and then Mm -hmm. like the good hot sauces are nothing but like vinegar some spices and peppers so it, it's an easy, you know, zero to very few calories added to something. And it adds yeah, and a I lot of flavor. We, I think we've talked about tagine. I think maybe that was my flavor at one time was the tagine spice with the chili and lime spice that you mm-hmm. add to yeah. fruit. And that's kind of the same thing. You can, this week I had some, or last week I had a, like a honeydew type of melon. And it just, you know, it was okay, but it didn't have a lot of sweetness to it. But I sprinkled some of that on it, made it, made it better. Uh, same mm-hmm. thing. I bought a watermelon yesterday that was sweet enough, but it lacked a little uh, oomph. 
and uh, sprinkle a little bit of that on and instant, instant greatness. So mm-hmm. I definitely know what you're talking about. And even salsa, salsa, uh, I'm salsa, salsa, as opposed to hot sauce. I don't know why I'm comparing that. But salsa, you know, tomatoes, as long as there's not sugar added or something, you know, that throws a lot of calories into it, you can um, get a lot of flavor. Like a good pico uh, de gallo? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, because those kind of vegetables are really, really low in calories, but they add bulk and they add flavor. Um, I got some salsa. It's called Linzano from uh, my sister-in-law, Mindy, who I think they went to Costa Rica and, and brought this back. And she brought me a little tiny bottle, which I quickly got 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 used. And I bought a ginormous bottle from Amazon. And you know, I put that on my eggs in the morning. I put it on all kinds of things. So, yeah, yeah. those little think- things. And I think that's what I've learned, too um along the way because i've been doing noom so shout out to noom which is an app and it is a paid app so it's it's not free but um the gist of it is you you read something every day which kind of helps you think through what is it's it's an education really um Mm -hmm. about psychology and 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 not just foods but about the psychology behind it and why you know, there's going to be fluctuations. Don't give up if you're, you know, if you have a little spike, those sorts of things. But also part of it is logging your foods to keep up with the calories. Because basically what it comes down to is math. Like mm-hmm. I said before, some foods are better for others, for one person than another. But it kind of comes down to math. Calories in, calories burned. And so with Noom, you're logging everything um, and keeping up with those calories. And it's been amazing to me the education I've received by just thinking, okay, well, you know, a teaspoon of maple syrup in my coffee versus a half, you know, or a tablespoon versus a half tablespoon. Do I really need the whole tablespoon to make it enjoyable? Or salad dressing. Do I need two tablespoons of salad dressing to, you know, cover that salad? And you'd be amazed how, like, how how less, this is not a good English sentence, but, you know, how much less you actually need of some things to still taste good. And I think Mm -hmm. that's kind of where, you know, kind of goes back around to your hot sauce. You can add something that is virtually no calories to make something taste great. Um, or yeah, the, the other thing is you, you find out, Oh my gosh, that, that cookie really, uh, really has a lot of calories in it that I didn't realize. (laughs) Yeah, no, at work recently, we've had a lot more sweet things come in. So it's been, uh, it's been a little bit rough. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you know what those drum beats mean. It is time for our favorites of the bye week. Dad, what do you got this bye week? Well, I try to keep keep something in in the context of what we discuss and what I have been. I've done this before. I've gotten back into it lately, and that's what I call ice pops. Now, that is not an official term, but basically, if you go, like, if you go in the grocery store and you see these red mesh bags full of long tubes of colored liquid, and you take them home, you put them in the freezer, and they turn into basically a kind of a popsicle type thing. Mm-hmm. Well, Classic. I learned that you could buy those empty sleeves. Okay. From you know where. So I have bought a bunch of the empty Amazon. You're looking you. puzzled. <laughs> That's where everything comes from. Um, 
So I bought a bunch of empty sleeves and then just came up with my own recipe. So uh, summer, last summer or sometime uh, way back, um, we have, we used to make this um, lean, we called it lean drink when we, when we lived overseas. It was a lime drink that you, mm. fresh limes and, that was delicious. and milk and, um, and ice and just really refreshing. So I took all those same ingredients and, or I, there was some sugar in there too, of course, um, and made ice pops from that. Then I thought, well, I could, what if I added strawberry to this strawberry? Now that would be good too. So I added fresh strawberries and made some more. Then when it went, kind of went crazy with different flavors. Uh, so right now, I think we're out of one of these flavors, but I've been back into that. So after, uh, I think it was Labor Day, I had some maple fig sauce. And I had actually done this before, but um, what I do, just in long and short of it, is I make an ice cream base, which my recipe is um, a can of sweetened condensed milk, a can of evaporated milk, and then about a cup each of heavy cream, half and half, and milk. And I've used whole milk. I've used 2%. You wouldn't want to use skin. That would defeat the purpose. But, um, And you could probably, you know, you could adjust those amounts. Because I think, isn't half and half just half cream and half milk? Yeah, it is. So you could use all half and half, I guess, instead of all that other stuff. But um, but you need the, you definitely need the, the sweet condensed milk and the condensed. But anyway, that kind of gives you a sweet ice cream base. And then you just start adding flavors. And so, um, do you remember, Jacob, the uh, the blueberry sauce that your grandmother made to go on top of that cheesecake uh, thing that she makes for you right before you went to school? Yes, I do. But I was going to – isn't it out of a can? I could be wrong. No, no. no sometimes you, it is out of a can sometimes, but this time she made it from scratch. I did not know that. And it was so much better than what was out of the can. And that is true. So I ate – as much as we could, because she didn't put it on the on the pie on the cheesecake, she put it like in a container, and we self uh, added whatever we wanted. But there was some left, so I froze it. And then when I got ready to make these ice pops, I took it out and blended it, uh, and added it to my ice cream base. So I have blueberry pops from that. Uh, we had the maple fig, which I added. Um, I took some cheer. I took a bottle of cheer wine and added it about eh, about one to one to the ice cream base. And so I had basically cheer wine float pops. Oh, that's the same good. thing this week with, uh, um, grape soda, which, you know, makes a purple cow, of course. And we love it. swamp pop praline, pecan praline soda added that. And then my, but my, I think my best thing this week is I took a handful of York peppermint patties, melted them down and added that to my ice cream base. Ooh. Yeah. It was delicious. So anyway, so that's make your own ice pops and how it relates to this is, you know, I love ice cream and that's kind of one of my downfalls when I'm trying to lose weight or, or trying to not gain it, I guess it'd be just the same mm -hmm. um, is that this is portion controlled. You can, you know, you can have, I've even figured out more or less, you know, what the calories are in each flavor and that sort of thing. Um, and so I can sit down and I can enjoy a little bit of ice cream. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's one portion. I'm probably not going to get a second one, although I have, I confess. Um, but generally I'm going to eat one of those. I'm going to have my ice cream. I'm going to be happy and I'm going to move on. Nice. So ice pops for the win. Sounds delicious. Uh, so keeping with the theme of what I recommended earlier, uh, I am going to recommend the Valentina Mexican hot sauce. 
for my flavorite this week. Um, it is my current uh, daily driver of a hot sauce, I would say. It's the one that you see in like all the Mexican restaurants when you ask for hot sauce. It's like this massive bottle. It's not super spicy, uh, but it adds a lot of flavor to a lot of things. And the best part is it's like 99 cents for a 12 ounce bottle. Like it's super, it's super cheap and it's pretty much some spices, vinegar and some peppers. So it's, it's a zero calorie addition um, to pretty much anything. I like it on my eggs. It's really good for like breakfast tacos, which are not the most healthy thing, but you know, (laughs) but it's great on just eggs. So yeah, this is my recommendation. Uh, If you're looking for a hot sauce, uh, it's a good one to introduce yourself to the world of hot sauces. Okay. Well, thanks for listening. And if you've enjoyed it and think others might enjoy it too, please share, please give us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you found us. And they are legion. You can find us on the worldwide interweb at Vittle Vital Pod on Instagram and the Twitter, Vittles and Vitals Podcast on Facebook. And we would love to hear from you. If you have an idea of a subject you'd like to hear us cover, shoot us a DM. And remember, if it's vital, look for the vittles. <laughs>